0: Hello Urbanists, Parksified needs your support. As an independent podcast, our work depends on patrons. Currently we have 10 patrons who have become supporters through our Patreon. This January, we're looking to gain 10 new patrons, which will allow us to purchase a portable microphone for use in the field. This means more episodes similar to our very popular Valentine's Day episode, where we recorded live from LA's Echo Park. And just in time for the new year, we've added more perks. Now patrons receive early access to episodes of the podcast and additional bonus content. You can now become a patron for as little as $1 a month. Be sure to check out our Patreon page for more info. It's also where you can listen to Jeff Speck explain why he believes a confused driver is a safe driver. This exclusive clip is only available on our Patreon. To visit our Patreon page, just go to patreon.com slash parksify. Hello, I'm Ash Blankenship, and this is the Parksify Podcast, where each week I talk with planners, urbanists, authors, and changemakers in our cities to discuss topics that impact our communities. This week, I'm joined by Jacob Moses, the co-founder of the Parksify Podcast. Jacob and I discuss our favorite episodes of the Parksify Podcast from 2017. Hey Jacob, thanks for joining me on the show.
1: Hello Ash, how's it going?
0: Hey, pretty good, thank you. So I'm really glad to get together with you again and talk about the top episodes of 2017 and I'm hoping we can start doing this every year and creating kind of this annual review of episode, which would be awesome.
1: Yes, man, it's nice little nice little reunion and since I stepped away from the first couple episodes, you've just been cranking out so much good content, brought out some great guests and it's gonna be fun revisiting some of the favorites.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and thanks for your kind comments there. Um, Actually, do you wanna start us off by telling us a little about what you're doing now? I mean, you were around for the first few episodes as the co-host, and you really were instrumental in helping me get the podcast started. So, what what are you working on now, Jacob?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I guess since we first started Parksify podcast, I've always been just a little wannabe urbanist, so, uh, but professionally, I was a technical writer, but I was thinking, okay, how can i how can I add my um, my urbanist perspective to my work?" so I, I took a look around my neighborhood here in downtown Denton and decided, okay, my neighborhood needs a little corner store. So uh, as of uh, early August, I've been running a little little micro grocery called Blue Bag here in Denton.
0: All right, Jacob, so I'm excited to look back at twenty seventeen now and discuss some of our favorite episodes and to talk about why they stood out to us and had the greatest influence on us so that said here are a few parksify podcast episodes that have had a really big impact on me personally first there's the episode with author melody warnick about loving where you live and then there's also the episode with dr robert czar which was a more recent episode on park prescriptions. And then lastly, my favorite was the one on Milenko Matinovic on Art as a Community Builder. So I'll get into why I love these episodes. But first, what are some of your favorite episodes, Jacob?
1: Well, Ash, as we said before, I also chose Miss Melody Warnick. Um, That episode really grabbed me. Um, Undoubtedly, one of my favorites that you've put out. And then secondly, Mr. Charles Marone, founder of Strong Towns how he talked about building safe, resilient, strong communities. And then lastly, the homie Chris Brentland talking about bike advocacy and how to properly market uh, the cycling lifestyle um, to be more welcoming to to all the folk, not just the the hypercyclists. So I got some favorites as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds good. I think all of those were really great choices. So I'm just going to jump in now and go into kind of the first episode that I loved from 2017. And that's the one that you also love too, Jacob, the one with Melanie Warren yes. on learning to love where you live. So I actually talked with Melody just after I read her book. And this is the book, This Is Where You Belong, Finding Home Wherever You Are. And Melanie really enlightened me during our conversation explaining that loving to learn where we live actually comes down to our own involvement within our community. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to repeat that too, because I think it's really key to me and I'll tell you why in a second. So how involved we are in our community has a direct impact on how happy we are living in that place. So this includes tasks as simple as taking part in neighborhood activities, shopping at local stores like Blue Bag, and eating at local restaurants, and other things that we can do that kind of help our community. So here's why I really love this episode. I spent over a decade moving from one city to the next. I moved six times, and these were all major moves. And I did it because I wasn't happy with where I lived. And many people experience this. I think Melody states in her book that Most Americans will move over 11 times in their lifetime, you know, and so, you know, millions of people experience this. We move to a new city and we love it. And then a few years later, that kind of honeymoon phase ends and we're right back to where we started and we want to move again. So, you know, according to Melody, these factors matter most when it comes to having a sense of this is where I belong. You know, I mean, these are social aspects. So having things to do and people to do them with, as Melanie told me, and, you know, openness and and with other people. And lastly, you know, she mentioned aesthetics or beauty of where you live, finding beauty in where you live. And, you know, that's really relative to us as individuals you know i mean some people love living in the mountains some people love living near the ocean you know i mean i'm in la now i personally find this to be really a gorgeous place to live you know we have blue skies most of the time there are palm trees we have mountains and oceans so you know i really love that so to kind of put this into perspective my last move was to to la and that was just over two years ago and Recently, I began to actually have doubts about my living here, and those old doubts that I had had, you know, when I was living in other places, they kind of kept coming up again. So, you know, I kept thinking to myself, is this where I'm supposed to be, or would I be happier elsewhere, um, you know, things like that. So I kind of took a page from Melody's book, so to speak, I guess pun intended, <laughs> here. Um, and I stopped myself, and I really wanted to change my thoughts. So I started focusing on exploring my neighborhood on foot more, and I actually moved to a walkable neighborhood. I began shopping at local stores and eating at local restaurants, um, which by the way, as Melanie told me, it actually feeds more money into the local economy, um, because as you may realize, corporate stores send a larger percentage of their profits back to the corporate office, which is usually in another state or sometimes even in another country. And lastly, I'm I'm currently pursuing a placemaking project and I'm hoping to encourage the city where I live to paint a crosswalk that's near where I live with colorful patterns or designs. So all of these things have allowed me to better appreciate my city and to also feel more of a sense of ownership and contentment um, with where I live. So that's really kind of helped me to grow in my personal space here and to love where I live despite those doubts that I had recently. So I really have Melody's book and her her conversation that she had with me on the podcast to thank for kind of this change in thought and change in heart. So that's that's kind of my story with that episode and why I loved it so much. So Jacob what's what's first on your list?
1: Oh well what I loved most about it is just that episode just reflected the human spirit so well. So we all wanna have that sense of belonging and maybe we find that sense of belonging in our workplace among our colleagues Maybe we find it in the church maybe we find it among our friends all sorts of places but I think it's safe to say that we all we all want to feel that sense of community and that definitely translates to where we live Um, and then what I really liked about what Miss Melly said is that We have to learn how to create that love and attachment. It's not just, okay, I Googled top 10 best cities for single people. Oh, it shows Mm -hmm. Miami, Florida. I'm going to move to Miami, and then I'll just hang out and then eventually meet a partner. No, there has to be purposeful action upon wherever our soon-to-be home is. Um, And It reminded me of this great article by Alyssa Walker, who's a writer over at LA Curbed she wrote about just 101 small ways they can make a small improvement to your neighborhood so we Mm -hmm. talk about okay how can i make how can i start to build that love and attachment we do that by contributing to our neighborhood and it's it's so simple uh i think Melody mentioned uh told the story of nancy how she always sat in the back of all the neighborhood council groups and didn't really give much input um dialogue wise but one day um they were looking for um to add some art and needed a grant. And Nancy raised her hand and said, Hey, I can do that. I think Melly said that um Nancy's grant ended up getting the city about I think I think I heard two hundred thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars um to do wow. that project. And then like what Miss Alyssa says in her article, it's as simple as planting a tree mm-hmm. or as uh Granduous as creating your own Yimby group. So yes, the it's universal that we have to create that action to find that attachment in our city. But I love how the buried entry can be so low. Whether mm-hmm. that's like Nancy writing the grants or just planting a tree or what you're doing in your neighborhood, painting a crosswalk. Just little elements that you can call your own and then have people get behind you. That's where that that sense of community that we all yearn for can really be fostered.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And as Melody said too on the episode, the onus is on us, which Mm -hmm. I think is so true. Yeah. All right, so up next is another episode I really loved, and that was my conversation with Dr. Robert Zarr, who is the founder of ParkRx America. And this is exciting because Dr. Zarr is a certified pediatrician, who prescribes parks to patients. And Park RX America is an organization that is really working to help doctors across the U.S. to write prescriptions for parks and nature to patients. And I think this is really important because it shows just how important nature is to the health of our lives. And Dr. are was talking about the patients and the impact of it. And patients are positively impacted by nature and parks and really all of us are. So I loved this conversation with Dr. Zare because I'm happy to see that doctors are taking action to help their patients recover faster or improve their emotions even by using parks. And I think it really says so much about the importance of parks, you know. And I, I mentioned one thing specifically with Dr. Zare in our conversation too and that was about patients who either these are hospital patients that are either able to see trees out their window or have a photo of nature or a picture of nature hanging on the wall and statistics show that either of those two things actually allows the patients to recover faster which i think is so amazing just looking at a picture of trees will allow you to recover from an illness Mm -hmm. quicker and i think that's so amazing because i think within us you know our innate desire is to be part of nature actually i feel like we are part of nature you know and Living in cities and living in urban areas, I think we often kind of take that for granted. And I think that's why sometimes we feel overwhelmed in cities. You know, I've known a lot of people in New York, for example, who just after a while, they feel really overwhelmed. You know, they have the tall buildings which cast shadows. And there really still aren't enough parks considering all the pavement that you have. So it's not all offset by that. So, you know, I really can see the, the strong impact on nature and how it really impacts our health. So that really kind of stood out to me, um, and I think that's really, really cool. So I had a great conversation with Dr. Zar, who, by the way, during that episode was in a park, which oh. I thought was ah. the coolest part of it. That's yes. Awesome. I, I kept hearing dogs in the background, and you can hear some birds chirping and people having fun, and I just thought that was so cool because that is one person right there who lives what he preaches That's so right. I really really appreciated that great episode really great things to learn from dr. Robert Zarr, and it's really great to see doctors actually prescribing patients and they're doing that they're taking their 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 prescription pads and they're writing out you know nature go to a park three mm-hmm. times a week something like that super cool I love that
1: yes and it's such a accessible form of medication if you will um, mm-hmm. Just stepping outside and finding that that green place. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, I'm working really long hours at the shop right now. However, around four forty-five, five p.m., I can look forward to this beautiful sunset that we have at about fifteen till six. So I step outside mm-hmm. and ash. Just the sky glows and purples, orange and pinks, and there's some bare trees in the foreground. And I just step outside, look at that, some Elliott Smith lyrics start going through my head. And even if it's just for about three, four or five minutes, it's just a beautiful moment of just peace, which mm-hmm. then helps me get through the remainder of the workday.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I can relate to that too. When I used to work in DC and I worked downtown near the White House, which is actually really cool, but you know, I would actually leave the office at lunchtime and go sit in the park mm-hmm. and just by going and sitting in the park for, you know, for 20 or 30 minutes, I would go back in and I could focus on my work better. Yep. I felt more relaxed. You know, I felt happier. So just a few minutes like sitting in a park or sitting in a square or looking at the sky like you were talking about. It's so important.
1: No, it really is, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So up next on my list of my three favorite episodes from 2017 is my conversation with Malenko Madanovic and he is actually the founder of the Seattle-based Pomegranate Center, which is a nonprofit. And Malenko and his team, they actually work one-on-one with citizens to build artistic placemaking projects. So citizens, he was telling me, actually take part in these projects, including the development and the building of them. So they have volunteers within the community actually hammering nails into a shelter that's being built in a park, for example. And as a result, Malenko told me that residents, they gain a feeling of ownership over Mm -hmm. these projects, as you might imagine, and they're actually more likely to use these projects once completed and, you know, to take their friends and family there and say, you know, look what I build, you know, I actually helped build the structure. So that's actually really cool. You know, you don't see very many cities doing that or towns doing that, but the Pomegranate Center is bringing people together to actually do that. And... Uh, One thing that I think is really cool, too, is that they build these features that are really artistic. So, for example, the projects that are listed on the organization's website, um, which I'll actually put a link to on the description page of this podcast episode, but they include really natural materials and they include murals in their designs, and all of these seem to work seamlessly with the environment. You know, I think there was an example, too, of when they built a structure, they used um, trees to actually create the columns for the structure. And they cool. left some of the bark on. So they're just very artistic and very, you know, in tune with nature and the surrounding environment. And I love that. And I love that they they all bring the community together to kind of help build that and to, as I mentioned, create that sense of ownership, which I think is so important.
1: Oh, no doubt. Melody Warnick would be very proud Definitely.
0: Absolutely. All right, Jacob, is, is there anything else on your list or do we go through them all that fast?
1: I got a couple here.
0: Yeah? All right, perfect.
1: What's next on your list? So my second favorite episode is the one with Charles Marone um, when he talked about uh, encouraging citizens to be catalysts of change in their neighborhoods. So I'm going to continue on this theme of Um, citizens on the ground taking action uh, because I think that's what's most relatable to I think myself and a lot of the Parks Fire listeners and that's what really stood out to me and I repeat this in my head often throughout the week is when towards the end of the episode um, we asked Charles okay um, we say we want to encourage citizens to be callous of change what does that mean? What's your what's your quick start guide? What are one or two things that we can do today to become those types of citizens? And then he modestly said, "I'm not i um, I'm not a leader of change. I'm an engineer and planner. However, in my personal experience, it's all about simply meeting our neighbors." Mm-hmm. And that was so powerful for me. And then he he went deeper in and talked about the empathy of it. It's not surface level of just Oh, there's this uh, family next to us, they have two kids, but it's actually getting to know who they are on a personal level, what they do, what their hopes and dreams for the future are. And then going back to how having this conversation with your neighbors can lead to change in the neighborhood, once you know someone's heart, you're able to comfortably have those conversations about, okay, what do we not really care for in our neighborhood and how can we change it to make it better? And um, I just loved how much emphasis he put on just simply getting to know who you're among, who you share a geographic space with, um, and just how transformative of a step that can be. So I love, I love that kind of stuff because like you, I mean, just walking around. And that's what's so great about your episodes, Ash, is that yourself and your guests, you give very actionable content. And as mm-hmm. did Charles, it just hey mm-hmm. man, like just go out and meet your neighbors, start those conversations, and then you find out that you have shared interests, uh, shared plans for your neighborhood, and work on those together. It's very encouraging. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It is, and the last five minutes of that episode, it's life changing. Oh, so God, if man. anybody listening, anybody listening has not listened to that episode go back and listen to it, even if you fast forward to the last five minutes, because it really will change your life. And, you know, I kind of want to go into something real fast too, because I really feel like if we were to all meet our neighbors, we would be happier people. We should spend more time with our neighbors and more time with the community and less time following the president on Twitter. I mean, really, if we were to do that and to engage the people around us and not engage people who we like to make fun of, or people who we laugh at, or people who make us laugh, if we were to really go out and do that, we would make a change within our community, which would start with us. And if we could do that, we would be happier as a society. And if we did that, everything would improve. Everything would change.
1: No doubt. And this relates uh, to Melody's podcast as well. She said Mm -hmm. people are moving 11.7 times in their lifetime because they grow discontent with their current city. Mm-hmm. And then she mentioned that's par- partially influenced by social media. We see, oh, it's all these cool things happening in New York. These cool things happening in Denver, and um, it's just we, there's these sexy cities. And yes, we can move there, and perhaps all the amenities are there on the surface. But what what can you do in your neighborhood right now to add those amenities or those changes that you'd like mm-hmm. to see? And like you said, it just it starts with with meeting your neighbors.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was a study I read about too, which I'm just remembering now in our conversation here, but it was based in the New York City subway. And as you know, anybody who's ever visited New York, you've been on the subway, nobody talks to each other, people are doing their own thing. Well, there was a study, I can't remember the name of the study or where I even read it, but they basically went in and they had people begin conversations with other people on the subway. Mm -hmm. And what they realized is that once those people on the subway were engaged in conversation, they were really likely to carry on a conversation. And the key to that is they actually questioned these people once they got off the subway. Mm. And the people who were involved in that conversation, the people who were not really part of the study but were involved with it as somebody came up to them and began conversing with them, They actually said they enjoyed the subway ride a lot more. So it improved their ride. It made their ride go by faster. They enjoyed it. They were happier. All because somebody engaged them on the subway. And we don't do that because we always think, well, that person doesn't want to talk to me. Or people are going to think I'm strange if I just start talking to someone on the subway. You know what? It's not true. Mm -hmm.
1: That's exactly right. And just going to it with no agenda and no prerequisites. Mm -hmm. Just, hey, we're both on this train together, both trying to get to – Brooklyn or Manhattan just striking up just a nice honest conversation um, because you, you can tell when someone sends you empathy you're listening attentively mm-hmm. and just not not trying to find out anything beyond just who they are and chatting it's wonderful mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah absolutely so Jacob I think your list is longer than mine so feel free to keep going what's what's next on your list
1: so this is my final pick and it is Chris Bruntlett uh, founder co-founder with his wife of a modacity and uh another great episode i think it might have been maybe the third flashback Mm -hmm. to like over a year ago (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um talking about um everything bikes within our cities and what resonated most for me is talking about how we market the cyclist lifestyle so of course most people whether you grew up in the suburbs or in a more urban center when we first think about bicycling, we often think about those guys in the sausage suits and these Mm -hmm. crazy looking helmets hunched over. Um, But Chris and his wife were like, no, like this, this doesn't speak to me. I still love to cycle, but I like to stay in my chinos. I like to Mm -hmm. stay in my, my sneakers and be able to arrive to the workplace um, without too much of a sweat. Um, And I just loved how Chris talked about just changing how we market cycling because we want to be appealing not just to the folk who already are the I think just the, he said like sophisticated, well dressed cyclists, but also the people who haven't yet picked up cycling. I'll tell you what, Ash, if I didn't if I wasn't a, a commuter by bicycling right now and I saw in figure one a gentleman in this full out suit and clips on mm-hmm. and, then, and it was two, I saw Chris and his wife and kids and their uprights going down some kind of pier in vancouver i would say that's what i relate to that i can mm-hmm. make happen so i just mm-hmm. love how more inclusive that method of marketing the cycling lifestyle is
0: Mhm. it's almost like cycling for everyone in a way Mhm. you know you can do it no matter what you're wearing where you're going yeah i, I totally get that
1: yeah so that was a I think that was my my third favorite that's when i get to mm-hmm. live every day that's the theme yeah. of all my favorites it's just mm-hmm. people saying things that i can immediately apply to my own life mm-hmm. um that's why they're my favorites I'm, I'm certain it's why it's your guest favorites um whether it's these six episodes or the other what 27 you've dropped mm-hmm. um, yeah <laughs> just just wonderful apple content. so mm-hmm. it's good yeah, stuff. and
0: yeah, thank you. And speaking of cycling too, I know I used to cycle to work when I was in D.C. when I lived there for about four years. I like to tell people I lived there during one one short four-year administration, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, it changed my life. It really did. And you know, I bought a single-speed bike. I didn't do anything else to prepare. I bought lights to go on my bike. That was it. So it was just a single-speed bike, some lights for safety, and I hit the road. And you know, when I first did it, I was actually very nervous because here I was in this big city and there are bike lanes in much of DC and there are even some protected bike lanes, which are really great, but they're not not everywhere. So there were some streets that I was driving along the side of cars Mm -hmm. and I was really nervous. And I remember my first few days of doing it, I would actually walk my bike about halfway to work before I would actually get on it because I was afraid. Mm -hmm. But you know what, after doing it for a few days, I got used to it. And I became happy and I enjoyed it. And I actually looked forward to going to work because I knew I was going to get to bike there. And there were times when I would actually like leave the office and decide, you know, I'm not going home. It's a beautiful evening. I'm going to go bike around the National Mall. I'm going to mm-hmm. bike down to the waterfront. You know, I'm going to bike to the coffee shop and get coffee. And I will tell you, it's so much easier navigating a city on a bike. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I wanted to get coffee, I didn't have to worry about finding a spot to park. I just pulled up in front of the coffee shop. I locked my bike up. I went in. I was relaxed, you know. I was energetic because here I am getting all this exercise without having to go through, like, you know, as you mentioned, the people with their spandex and all, like, going really fast. You don't have to bike like that. It can be very relaxing, very enjoyable, you know. So, you know, you get to go to the coffee shop, meet some friends. Leave, jump on your bike, you know, bike to another part of the city, go down to the waterfront, relax and just have a good time. And I think that's what it's all about, too, you know. And one thing I realized, too, is that when you're in a car and you're driving by places, you don't actually see the places you're driving by. You don't get in tune with that environment. Mm -hmm. But when you're on a bike, it's almost like when you're walking, you see more and you can interact with things more you know you you have a higher chance of like talking to a cyclist next to you you know i mean very rarely do we roll down the windows of our car and start having a conversation with the driver next to us but on a bike it you know it happens you know so you're kind of like building a sense of community too because you're seeing you know these local shops that you can stop off of and and go in very easily you know you can more easily communicate with other cyclists and have conversations with them and meet some really great people that way. So overall, it's just a it's a, it was a really great experience biking in DC. So yeah, I definitely love that and I definitely think that what what Chris and his wife are doing it's it's really awesome. I love that and Modacity is a great organization, great company, and hoping we can get Chris on the show again. Yes, very soon.
1: you're exactly right. Whenever you're cycling, it's going back to But both Melody and Charles encourage it's meeting your neighbors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember several months ago, I was biking down Hickory. I kid you not, Ash, I sneezed, and a pedestrian said, bless you. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, my (laughs) gosh, I love that. And -hmm. then just last night, I was biking home from Blue Bag, and I stopped at a light. And my friend Ryan, who I hadn't seen in months, is staying on the corner. He says, Jacob, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. I said, hey, I'm just going to go home and have some dinner. He said, hey, I'll get you a burrito on me. Come out dinner with me mm. and I got to just pull over. I parked my bike and we had a wonderful meal together. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff does not happen in the car, man. Mm-mm.
0: It does not, no. So there you go. I think that's our, our lessons, right? Yep. Um, you know, get on a bike. explore your city. Get to know your neighbors. You know, if you really feel down, go to your doctor and ask the doctor if maybe a park prescription is right for you. <laughs> things like that. And we have access to all of these things that are right outside of our door. You know, and we just don't take advantage of them a lot of times because we're, you know, staring at a screen or mm-hmm. involved in something that we're doing on our own. And, you know, when we kind of build our community around what we could be doing, we become happier and that, you know, impacts our lives even yeah. more. So, And there's yeah.
1: no project too big and no project too small. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: All right, Jacob, thanks so much for joining me. It's been really great speaking with you, and I'm hoping we can do this again next year as we review All the episodes from 2018, which, you know, it's going to be here before you know it.
1: Yep. Thank you, Ash. It was a joy. Keep up the great work.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much. That's all for this week's episode of the Parksify podcast. I'm Ash Blankenship, your host. As a reminder, the Parksify podcast is fully funded by patrons. So if you're enjoying the podcast, consider becoming a patron for as little as $1 a month. All funds go directly towards this podcast. You can sign up today by visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com parksify. Our theme music was composed by bensound.com. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already, and consider leaving a review on iTunes so more people can find Parksify. Until next time, I'm Ash Blankenship.